Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. She's back. Well, of course she's back because she's still in the cage. Get rid of it. Positively do not open. Hello. You are listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is me, Bob Shoy. And uh, <laughs> laughing at <laughs> You're looking at me really seductively. Oh, okay. And with me, um, voice you already heard there, Mr. Beef. This is Beefy. Yeah, and um, Tissy Boy. What? <sighs> so, a couple of things. Do we need to talk about anything before I roll on with the show? Um, only the, just the usual stuff, but we're getting some great feedback still. Mm. Uh, thanks to people adding us on Twitter. You guys are adding us by the bucket load, which is good fun. Well... Well, I might be, but you guys. I'm over. I'm over a hundred now. A hundred. Well, a hundred listeners have added you. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. It's nice to hear from people. And thing is, I'm now either getting listeners adding me mm. or porn bots. Yeah. Girls with massive boobs. Yeah, and you're like, does she listen to the show? And you click on her thing, and you're like, no, she doesn't. She's yeah, not you real. Click, <laughs> yeah, you click on it. And you're like, oh, she listens to the show. And click on it, like, do you like my tits? Do you want... <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at... Uh, this is on your... My followers. This is on your Twitter feed. 35. 35. Since you rebooted your Twitter after you lost your details, you've had 35 mm. listeners follow you. Guys, come on, get, get put your finger out. Because we've got, we got quite a few more than 35 listeners. Yeah, and why aren't, why aren't you on Twitter? Yeah. Get on Twitter. Facebook is so last year. We are on Facebook, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have more followers on Facebook than Twitter, probably. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough of the social networking stuff. Uh, well, we have had, yeah, really, especially on the human brain. Um, we did that one last week and it was really good to do an episode that was really different mm. and that we all wanted to do. And for all our listeners to just be like on board with it and just fully go with it and enjoy yeah. it. And we got a lot of good feedback. Well, uh, I wanted to touch on a message, one message we did receive. So a listener contacted us to confirm that a member of their family struggled with schizophrenia in the past. And we, do you remember we were talking about the phantom smells? Yeah, I you, asked. Well, you made a jovial comment about I, it. Well, I asked seriously. He turned he, it jovial. Yeah, he, like, Tissy turned it into a fart joke. Yeah. A cheap fart gag. Yeah. Uh, really? Gag pun not intended. And, uh, 
because you gag on his farts. Yeah, I know. Um, I know, I do. <laughs> and he, yeah, so so uh, our, our listener confirmed that 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 was the case yeah. for the member of the family that struggled with it. it, was, it well, they said that they... when when they were experiencing the height of their schizophrenia, they would smell a chemical smell like yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. And they always talk about it. Um, mm. So that confirmed that, and I found that, found that really interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So it does so, affect three senses. If you're listening, you know who you are, and we thank you for it. Yes. And um, I just want to say, Alice, I hope your um, exam on the human brain went well and that we helped. <laughs> I'm sure we helped. I'm sure it was useful. Yeah, shall I crack on this show? Yeah, crack on. Right, you know what today's topic is, don't you? We're doing Warren's part two, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. You're right. Sweet. Correct. Um, and what I was going to do was, last time I did a little bit about them and two of their most famous cases. Yeah. And I was going to do the same again. Okay. Um, because our, we had a, a couple of listeners contacted on the email to say, really, because like, the Warren's episode was mega popular. Um, and a few people said like they loved it, but they wanted to know more about the Warrens as people as well. Like they were like, oh, I didn't delve far enough into them as people. So I was like, okay, well, I guess there is more to say about them. Mm. So I feel like every time I drop back into the Warrens, cause there's probably going to be at least another two episodes on their cases after this, not in a row, just like there's loads of stuff to drop back really? on these guys. So every wow. time I do a Warrens episode, I'll just give you a little bit more information about them. They as realized well. there was that much material. Yeah. They've done loads of famous cases and, um, Actually, I've been really busy uh, recently, so I I didn't I felt like I didn't have time to really like dig into the research as much as with the others. Mm. So what I did is to limit that, I decided to only focus on one of their cases, so I could have more time to focus on one thing rather than rush through two of them. Mm. So we do a little about the Warrens, and then we're going to do just one of their cases tonight. Sounds good. Uh, but it is one of their most absolute famous cases. Big beefy case. Maybe may their most famous case. Not my case is in a big, big beefy beef. case. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the case maybe. <sighs> Before I get on to the actual case we're going to talk about tonight, um, I will go back into the Warrens a little bit. Go and I'll talk about Warren. Go back down that Warren. And I'll tell you a little bit about how they actually got started. Because last time I said about how... Um, Taught, he was a self-taught demonologist and she was a medium and all this stuff. And yeah, that was my question last war. time. Was I, I wanted to know what got them onto this stuff and what, um, I guess, what kind of methods they... Not, well, methods are weird words to use in this context, but what methods they used. Um, well, I'm going to tell you just a little little bit about how they got started. Um, this is actually from their website, warrens.net. Basically, Ed Warren was interested in the paranormal from a very young age. Before I press on... <laughs> If people didn't catch the first Warrens episode, go and listen to the first Warrens episode, otherwise you're not going to know who I'm talking about, and then come back to this one. Um, uh, okay, so anyway, yeah, Ed Warren was interested in the paranormal from a really young age because uh, he claimed that he actually grew up in a haunted house. Right. Um, so from the age of five until he was 12, he would experience things in this childhood home, right. strange things. Um, I think before I go into it, I'm going to play a little bit of a video with them, an interview with them. Okay. Where Ed talks a little bit about it. Cool. I'm just going to play it because I don't know if he's going to say some of the stuff that I'm going to go over. So stop us from repeating ourselves. You don't want to do a me? No. Atis. Lizzy. Lizzy I would say not. I like your banana dish. Thanks. Is it four bananas? I don't know. Do you know what would benefit us greatly? What? Double screen laptop. Yeah, I know. Dual screen. If you want to donate... Then we can use your money to buy some better equipment. Go to the blog page. Yeah, we received some donations recently, so thanks for that, everyone. 
Yes, we did. That's great. Right. Okay, so this is uh, an interview of Ed and Lorraine Warren. We'd like to present tonight's show with an introduction of the Warrens. So we'd like to start first with you, Ed, if we could. I'd like to ask you, especially, how did you get involved in the area of the supernatural and haunted houses? Well, Tony, it came about because of the fact that I lived in a haunted house as a boy from 5 until 12. My father, who was a police officer at that time, was kind of a strict guy, but he was a very fair man. And he'd always say to me, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything that happens in this house. Mm -hmm. But when I was lying in bed there as a young kid, and that closet door would open up at night, it would wake me up. I'd look in there and see a large globule like ball, and then a face of an elderly lady in that ball. That's a ghost light. <laughs> and she wasn't looking pleasant to me. Next thing would come out of that closet, <laughs> toward my bed, I'd hear footsteps. I would feel this icy coldness in the, in the room and heavy breathing. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a logical reason for all of this. <laughs> but somehow, by the time I thought that, I was halfway to my parents' bedroom. Oh, boy. So that's how it all started. All these here experiences that I had as a boy. So you've been doing this for well over 40 years. Yeah, 40 long years uh, throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, into Europe. Spent a lot of time in Great Britain and Scotland. Well, as Catholics, Ed, you and your wife both are Catholic. How did this work coincide with your religious beliefs? Well, it goes right along with it because, you know, Catholicism is based on a supernatural world, as every great religion is. Mm -hmm. uh, open up the Bible, and it's full of uh, psychic words such as spirits, ghosts, apparitions, levitations. So, you know, as a boy going to a parochial school, I would ask the nuns and the priests, uh, what is this about ghosts, the supernatural? Is it for real? Are they really devils? And, of course, you know, Catholicism teaches us that these things are real. Mm -hmm. So I base all of my beliefs on that, and I still do today. Mm -hmm. When I go into a home, I'm not looking for devils. I'm not looking for ghosts. What I'm looking for is a natural explanation as to what's going on. Something physical in the house. Only when I find that there is something supernatural, something paranormal, do I accept it. And that has to be proven to me 100%. Mm -hmm. I have to see a table moving across the room. I have to hear those spirit voices. I have to see the ghosts. Uh, people like Lorraine here, who are clairvoyants, they have to tell me what's there because I am I do not have the sixth sense as they do. So in other words, Ed, what you're saying is that you act more like an investigator, a skeptic right, investigator? Right. Investigators, we're sort of like the police department of the supernatural world. We find out what's going in there and then we try to rectify it. If it's a human spirit who's causing the problem, this is easy to take care of. Mm -hmm. If it's something inhuman, something diabolical, then we have to go in for the big guns. We have to go to the religious beliefs of Catholicism, Protestantism, Mohammedism, all of these. And, you know, it's not just uh, the Catholic priests that we work with. We work with rabbis. We work with ministers of all faiths. We're very ecumenical in our thinking. Mm -hmm. I was going to pause that. People are shaking his head. Do you yeah, think that they got the wrong end of the stick when they're, like, picking out keywords and saying that, attaching their own meaning to them? Yeah, I think so. I think he's taken the word supernatural from the the... If he's talking about the Bible anyway, I don't know other other faith texts as well he seemed to be talking about the bible when he said about that because he yeah. said about being a, a he's a catholic isn't he is he taking yeah. the god's words in vain no no he's he's taken the word supernatural out of context right the, the word supernatural in its context in the bible and and again you'd have to go through the different books in the bible where they probably all take a slightly different meaning yeah. 
Um, you certainly wouldn't find the word ghost in the Bible. Is it kind of like in that original form? Is it kind of like if I used the Bible as proof of talking snakes? Like I said, talking um, snakes exist, and the Bible says it does, rather than the real meaning, which is like a sort of metaphor. I would say that's really weak proof <laughs> <laughs> because that's like the Warrens. Like you, super, they said like supernatural. Well, yeah, it, that proves supernatural things exist. That's the only reason I I shook my head is because so if you take. The snort, the talking snake in Genesis. Mm. Mm. Genesis is all. This is why people shouldn't read Genesis and say this is how the world was made. It was right. made in seven days. Exact. This, you know, the Bible wasn't written. Sorry, Genesis is not a book that's written as a science book. Right. It's more explaining the the why we're here, like the philosophy behind it. So, so you don't you don't consider yourself a creationist. Uh, and not in the sense not in that, the sense that everything it says in that intro to the Bible is like fact. Well, it's all every, Genesis is is picture language, or right. that bit. The first few chapters were explained to the earth is all picture language, and so the snake, the talking snake, is imagery of the devil rather than that's what I thought of it as. Yeah, specifically yeah. Like detailed. Some if people choose to believe that as the creation story, then that's fine. I'm I'm not saying I disagree with it all. Um, but there are certain parts of it which people take as literal, and it's not meant to be literal. That's it's, what I mean, yeah. So, so the Warrens have taken so, supernatural to be literal rather than to be... Yeah, I think when you think of supernatural in their context, you can't you can't put the word paranormal and supernatural in the same... In the same right. For it doesn't... They don't mean the same things mm. if you're looking at the Bible. If you, if you and I are talking about... If I talk to you about supernatural... And I'm using the Bible as my starting point, my starting reference. Then I'm more talking God working do- divinely in your life, so healings and like the miracles, the stuff right, we okay. talked about before. If I talk about supernatural in a paranormal sense, we're talking about uh, weird stuff going on in your house and. But possessions in the Bible isn't demonic possession. Yeah, we talked about that on the episode we did on demonic yeah, possession, yeah. and I think he more of what he's he getting as is that he does yeah. mean that yeah because a lot yeah. of what he it was more the other words it wasn't really yeah the other he did go off on a bit but, of a tangent um, but on the first episode he said about um, all the cases he's involved in I'm paraphrasing he said something about them he doesn't consider them anything to do with ghosts or whatever it's more demonic possession he finds them more yeah. demonic in nature yeah I think that's a I think that's a really reasonable approach and particularly because you can tell that's quite a dated clip yeah so, you know, I know many, many people who, yeah, the time that clip was probably made, there were many churches who, like ministers, who would probably go charging into a house and start trying to cast demons out of stuff mm-hmm. when it was probably just other stuff, you know, it could have been a mental health issue in, in someone that lived in the house or something. So I liked, I liked what he was saying about his approach. Yeah. That he tries with the logical stuff first. Um, yeah. Well, that's, um, I just wanted to play that little short clip about his how he got interested in the paranormal by seeing these things as a kid, mm. because we talked about you know he when he was a young man he was in the war, what, yeah. he fought in the army or whatever, and then when he came back he took a massive interest in demonology and, mm. and taught himself all about it, and that was a combination of his Catholicism and the experience he had when he was a kid, yeah. and obviously he mulled these over in his head when he was out mm. uh, fighting, whatever, and then when he came back, he was like, this is what I want to focus my life on. Yeah. So this is that, that little clip just gives like the, the early years how he got um, yeah. interest in the paranormal. Yeah, it was, it was very informative. It was good. The other thing I was going to ask about that clip is, did you recognise the guy who was interviewing them? 
Um, I want to say yeah. Because I was when I watched it, I was like, I feel like I know this guy from somewhere. I recognise him. Who is this guy? Who is he? His he name's was, Tony. Yeah, Tony Spira is his name. Right. He was the guy on the remember on the first Warrens episode. Yeah. We watched a clip of some people giving giving a tour of the Warrens Museum. Oh, he was and the guy. he was the guy giving the tour and telling the stories. Oh, oh, right, okay, right. That's pretty. Um, he's actually involved um, with the Warrens in a way. Oh. I was gonna say it's like he's almost become the Warrens' personal biographer. In a way, he is their son-in-law. Really? Yeah. Was he in that video? I don't know. I don't know if he was then. Um, I don't actually know when that video was from. Huh. So he now runs the museum, Tony Spira. Right. It says on the website, this has been updated, um, Lorraine Warren has decided to retire from active investigations regarding the areas of haunted houses and demonic infestations and possessions. Although she will still be a consultant to the NESPR, that's the New England Society for Paranormal Research. Yeah, I think I'm right, yeah. Well done. Um, and its team of investigators, she will no longer participate in active on-site investigations. She will be passing the torch on to her son-in-law, Tony Spira. Oh. So, yeah, when I read that, I was like, Tony Spira, that's the guy. And that's the guy who did the tour. And it all locked up. into place, yeah. Nice. Who has worked with both Ed and Lorraine Warren for over 30 years. Mm. Lorraine will no longer be available for personal appearances. Don't Tony Spira... long enough. Tony Spira will be available for lectures and special appearances as well as assisting families with problems associated with paranormal activity. So yeah, she's retired and now he sort of runs the empire because as we said last time, Ed's now passed away. Um, and on the website, there's actually a page for contact and it's a little card that says a call for cases. The NESPR is looking for serious hauntings. If you are being tormented by a supernatural force and are in need of assistance, please contact us. So if any of our listeners are experiencing those things, contact yeah. Tony. It's nespr2 at yahoo.com. <laughs> but you have to live in the States. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, but it might be easier. If, um, if I had a serious haunting, say I had something happen in my house, yeah. would I have to pay for like their plane fares? I don't a, know. And a hotel for them to stay in? I don't know the rules. That's probably what you arrange when you send the email. I guess that you'd have to, wouldn't you? Otherwise, how are they going to make any kind of money from it? How is it going to be worth their while? Yeah. Yeah, I'll just call the local church. They have got a proven track record, though, have they? What warrants? Although, having said that, did they actually manage to get stop the demonic activity in the other places? The one, the Perron family, they did. Um, the first case we looked at. Then the dirty old man in London. The one in London. Yeah, they did get rid of him, did they? He, they? Yeah, he did go eventually. After getting hundreds of hours yeah. of recording, literally hundreds of hours. That must have, if they were charging. Anyway, let's not talk about this. That'll cost them fourteen. Okay, all talk right. Talk about something else. Sorry. Yeah, let's let's move let's on, on to on the track. actual. Let's move on to the actual case. So what I'm going to do, you're going to get these little ten minutes of tidbit information about Ed and Lorraine Warren at your start your Warren's episode. So okay. that was a little bit about Ed's childhood growing up and Tony Spirit taking over. Nice. Um, so tonight's case. Uh huh. Do, do you know what it is? Do you see anything? No. Is it is it a haunted possession? As it in is. a a possession rather than Yes, it is. It's the most famous artifact they have in the museum. The Robert doll. It's not the Robert doll, the but An- Annabelle? Annabelle doll. Oh. Yeah, I was actually gonna talk about the Robert doll. Oh. It's very interesting that you had heard of the Robert doll. Well, isn't there a film? There's a film, a film called Annabelle. 
Pretty sure there's a film called Robert. Oh, really? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think so. Robert California. I'm pretty sure there is. I think um, it's a little bit less... Um, yeah, Robert came out last year. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It's going to be good. They must have done that on the popularity of the Annabelle film. Just how many... You can't do too many of these films, can you? Otherwise no. they start... They, you don't want it to get, you know, it must get tacky after a while. Okay, so what do you guys know about the animal doll? Um, just that she was a haunted doll. Haunted doll, one point to be, Tess. Um, that is pretty much... Come on, I've got one point, know, mate. Haunted doll. Put your finger out. She made of porcelain? No. Okay. It's like a raggy doll. Like yeah, it's a raggedy hand doll. Two now, two points. Yes. Because a lot of people think it's a really creepy looking doll, but it's actually just like yeah, it's a, just a really plain looking doll. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing scary. Like the films of Annabelle, she looks completely different to what she does in real life. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, I got I got a picture of Annabelle here. Let me get a picture up so you can actually see what she looks like in real life. Have you got pictures of all the film ones as well? That's uh, what he's... No, you can put it out. This is Annabelle, the real Annabelle. I'll try you get it. it. Yeah. That's Annabelle in real life. Yeah, it's pretty pretty harmless. What? Gross. Looks gross. Yeah, it looks really weird. Why? Uh, it's just, I don't know. I guess it's the era it's from. Annabelle doll. From the film? I'm just typing Annabelle doll. In the film, it looks really like much in, more evil. Like sinister, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. On the right hand side, isn't it? It's ridiculous. One. It's so like overdone. Yeah, I actually, I find it overdone. Actually, the film didn't have great reviews. No. It was um, billed as like a prequel to the Conjuring films. Right. That really had no connection to them I was at say, all. How could that be a prequel? I don't understand. Because it's their first ever case. Annabelle was their first case, I think. Their first oh. big case. Oh, was it? Yeah. And in the Conjuring films, um, where Ed and Lorraine Warren are in their home, you, you see a little clip about the Annabelle doll and they, you see it in the museum in their house in the film. Um, so they made a film called Annabelle. And it said, like, before The Conjuring and stuff and on the trailer for right, it. Right, okay, I get it. So they tried to link it to The Conjuring films, which were well-received. Mm. And then when it came out, it was, like, barely linked. Other than the fact that it was, like, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're the same actors? Not the same actors. What? Not, it's, like, basically no link, really. No. Um, and the story, from what I can tell, is completely different in the film to the real version, or very tentatively linked to the real this, story. This is the thing, it's... Uh, how... How different, how varied can these scripts be? Mm. They can't be that different. But then you could say that about superhero films. It's, it's pretty much romantic comedies, romantic It's dramas, just a genre, isn't drama, it? Yeah, it's the same. You know what to expect when you're picking up a scary doll film. <laughs> okay, well, so you saw the picture. It's currently stored in that box. That box is specially made for the Annabelle doll. The glass case and the sign on it positively do not open. Mm. Right. Mm. Inspiration for the Annabelle films appears at the beginning of the first Conjuring film. I thought we could, to give us a little bit of insight as to how Hollywood butchers stories, watch the trailer for the first Annabelle film. I haven't watched it. Have you not seen it? No, I haven't watched it, so I um, thought we could watch this together. Yeah, sounds nice. That sounds like a nice thing to do together. Have you seen it, Tiss? No. Is it anything like Bride of Chucky? Oh, I have seen that. That is a terrible film. Okay, here we go. John, wake up. Next door, I heard a scream. Stay here. We'll check it out. John? Is everything all right? Wake up. You're covered in blood. Go back inside. It's not mine. It's not. Go back inside. Call the ambulance right now. Go. 
How did that get in there? I swear, I threw it out. Things must have got mixed up. There, she fits right in. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> Classic, isn't it? I like creepy person walking in the background. Mm. Oh. Oh. There are things happening that I, that I can't explain. We should talk to someone. I don't think what you're experiencing is a ghost. Destroy the objects. Protect your family. Ready for a final jump? Nah. Jump at the end. I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking Is, at the screen. Okay. Uh. Don't look at it. Every horror trailer is the same. It's like paced a certain way. Yeah. Always um, like a baby carriage getting hit by a lorry. That's like a classic sort of... Yeah, this is what I hate about horror films, when they all rely on the same tropes. Like, everything in that trailer looked like it had been done a million times. There's nothing original in it. The the one thing, though, which did genuinely creep me out, and this is, for me, this is why... uh, Like, so like Slender Man. Right. Like, I get stuff... So, humans or, like, the... Or beings where mm-hmm. they're slightly out of proportion. Oh, that's um, that stuff. Silent Hill does that really. Cr- that's yes, what they Silent do. Hill's they they take human-looking shapes and distort just slightly them, distort them. In, so it doesn't look right. I'm, I'm that must be a specific fear, but for me, like the bit where it like leans over the cot, mm-hmm. I found that quite creepy because that for me is something that's just a, like you know when it's just a bit off. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's horrible. Uh, like also. You guys are going to find this hilarious. Well, the Aphex Twin video with the like screaming. Yeah, grandma. yeah, yeah. That's quite creepy. Come find to daddy. That creepy. Yeah, that's it. Come, daddy. Come to daddy. Um, yeah, Silent Hill Two, one of the greatest games of all time. Um, Just burn the doll. Why that, aren't they burning it? I don't know why they keep it. I hadn't watched that trailer uh, until then. Are you going to watch the film? No. Okay. Doesn't interest me. Um, not because I'll be too scared, just because it just doesn't look like a very good film. Also, get some lights, get some big lights. These people never have lights in their house. It also, this doesn't look to be an accurate rendition of the story of Annabelle in the slightest. No, because that tells me that I'm guessing from the trailer, it looks as if it's something to do with that blood that trickles onto the doll. Um, creates an area for this demon to like, or brings this demon to life through the doll or something. It just doesn't. I really. It doesn't seem to be anything to do with the story. Um, I'll give you like story, okay. Well, let's let's do let's do the story. Let's okay. The doll was given to a student nurse. Do we know where the doll came from? It was just a gift. Some of this is vague. This is I was trying to dig into a lot of this stuff. Exactly what you're asking. Who gave him the doll? Um, so just given to a student nurse. Doll was given. I've got a very brief overview here. Okay. Then I'll let Tony Spirit tell you. Okay. And then we'll go into some of the details. Cool. So this is literally a paragraph overview which I've quickly written down. The doll was given to a student nurse called Donna. Mm -hmm. I had to track down the fucking name of the nurse. Because I was like, who's the nurse? Who's the nurse? It's always like a student nurse. Yeah. Donna. In 1970. Mm -hmm. After strange behaviour in the doll, the nurse contacted a psychic medium. What kind of strange 
Right. Well, we'll go into that story. I'll go into that story. This yeah, is a yeah, brief sorry. overview. Sorry, I'm just asking because otherwise yeah. I'll forget. Otherwise. You will get it all. The medium told the nurse the doll was inhabited by the spirit of a dead girl named Annabelle Higgins. Mm-hmm. Initially, the nurse and her roommate, another name I had to track down, Angie is the name of the roommate, tried to accept Annabelle and live alongside her, look after her, care for her, whatever, the spirit. These four doesn't mean any harm. Okay. Okay. Uh, the doll's malicious behaviour increased and they became frightened and contacted the Warrens, contacted priests, etc., etc. That's a brief overview of the Annabelle story. Right. Okay? Yep. So I'll get um, Tony to tell you in more detail because he's probably told this story a million times. What would you do if you got given a toy, right? Mm-hmm. And it started doing crazy stuff in your house. I would chuck it out instantly. <laughs> okay, here we go. Wouldn't be... Tony Spear out. I certainly don't know why they've still got it in their music, unless they got rid of... I don't know. And one of the most infamous being the story of a very innocent-looking Raggedy Ann doll. This, of course, is Annabelle, the cursed doll. And there was a movie made about it called Annabelle, and she was also featured at the beginning of the Conjuring movie. This doll was given to a nurse in Hartford in 1970. She lived in an apartment with a roommate, and the mother of the nurse gave her this doll for a birthday present because the girl liked dolls. She was about 28 years old. You can even see on the doll, if you look really close, you can see a little bracelet on her arm. So they would treat it as a little girl. One day they woke up, there was a piece of parchment paper on the floor and on the parchment paper written in pencil it said help me nobody owned parchment paper nobody knew where that note came from now the girl said wait a minute someone's probably coming in this apartment so they set up a little a little thing where they would put scotch tape on the door of the apartment they would place the rug just in a certain location to see if anyone was in that apartment when they weren't home well they weren't no one was in that apartment nothing was moved except the doll the doll would move Evil erupted as the fiancé of the nurse, Lou, had a dream that he was being choked by Annabelle and awoke to throw the doll all the way across the room, when suddenly... Four slashes appeared on this young man's chest and stomach. Four on the chest, three on the stomach, and you could see actually the blood coming through the shirt. After being called in for an exorcism of the doll, Ed Warren later confiscated the doll and protected it in his museum. But the evil ensued when a Hartford priest visited the Warren's home. So he brings the priest down and starts to explain about Annabelle. As he's explaining about Annabelle, the priest quickly walks over to the doll, almost like Lou, the the fiancé, grabs the doll, throws it across this room, and says, he proclaims, God is more powerful than any devil or demon. Just like that. And Ed didn't know what to do. Ed says, Father, I just got through explaining, do not touch that doll, it's dangerous. On his way back to the rectory in Hartford that evening on Route 84, he never made it to the rectory. He went almost head-on into a tractor trailer with that new car. And miraculously, though, he wasn't killed. But the car was totaled. And he called later and spoke to Lorraine. He said, you know, the last thing I can recall is looking in the rearview mirror and seeing the image of that doll staring back at me in the mirror. Then I lost control. But the interactions with Annabelle haven't always ended the same like in this case of a young man who rode his motorcycle to the museum. The young man runs up to the glass case and starts banging on the glass like this. And he says, you know what? This is a bunch of hooey. This isn't real. If that doll can put slashes on anybody, do it to me right now. He challenged the doll. 
Ed said, son, you and your girlfriend, you have to leave. I can't put up with that. You go right now. So the kid is leaving with his girlfriend, a young man, about 20, and he's smirking and laughing about it as they leave. Again, he never made it to his home. Three hours later, that young man that came on a motorcycle was dead. Despite all of the very frightening supernatural events, believe it or not, some people still want to get their hands on the doll. One person sent me an offer for a million dollars. And I said, I'd be totally irresponsible to sell you that doll for a million dollars. He writes me back and said, how about two million dollars? Sold. Like I said, the, the doll is not for sale at any, any price. Sold. It would be totally reckless and irresponsible to let that on the ground. Sell it. Sell it. Two million. If you had two million, yeah, but it's his responsibility to look after. And who was that dude? Tony Spiro. That is, he now runs the Econ Museum for them. It's their son-in-law. That was the guy who interviewed in the first video. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was the same guy, Tony Spiro again. He sort of runs the Warrens Museum and stuff now, and he's the guy you go to for the investigation since they've retired. He sort of they trained him up basically. Wow. So, initial thoughts of the Annabelle story. Uh, yeah, it's quite. I just don't get why these guys don't seem to finish their jobs, or they don't. What they've done is taken it. Well, I don't. Know, maybe you're going to go into depth, but they don't seem to have finished it off, right? So, if it's still carrying some kind of power, so whenever they have visitors to their museum, it should. If they've completed what they set out to do, it should just be a doll. Mm. It should be safe. It should be. They should be able to have it as a possession. So that was my initial thought. Why are they? They clearly haven't finished. There seems to be a couple of things that contradict each other in this story, which I'll get into. It's like different tellings have different, slight differences, and it. But I, I, um, I like the story of the, the minister, yeah, having his accident, yeah, surviving it miraculously. Yeah, we talked about that before, like seeing something in your rearview mirror. Yeah. It's uh, it's a tricky one. It's it's more I'm thinking. Again, you don't you don't know. I mean, he may have, if he had have seen that, that would have been terrifying. Mm. Um, but could it just be playing on his mind? And yeah, yeah. Him to take his mind off the wheel, and all of a sudden he's in a ditch. Or what about the guy that died who visited the museum on his motorbike? Yeah, um, could be something to it. Coincidence. Could just How be. many people visit that museum? How many people say it's bullshit? One of them might have died. I'd imagine. Quite a few people walk out and there's no harm at all. Mm-hmm. What I've done is I've sort of gone through the story from start to end and made sort of bullet points on things that I thought might be interesting to lay our opinion on mm. or that I could delve a little bit more information out of. Sounds good. So we'll sort of dig into the story a little bit now. Can't believe the. How did the Warren dude get the doll to the. I, I like yeah. How did they get it to their house? They must have got it there somehow. I can't imagine that. This is the thing. I don't. This is. I don't really understand too much about haunted possessions in that sense. But if it's haunted and out to cause harm, I would have destroyed it, it like straight away. Yeah, I don't get it. But is it? Is it? I'm also not sure theologically about the whole thing. How does if if it's in a possession? Why would a spirit possess something? That it knew could be destroyed, because then you could destroy it, and then what is it? Is it restricted? Is that bound? Does that stop it? Mm. Or would it then just be like, right? Well, I'll just hang around in the house still. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would still destroy it. I don't know why they have it, but I know you're not really like we don't 
meet and believe on the same things all the time, but what, what are your thoughts? Like, do I'd you... destroy that doll straight away. I don't get it. I do not understand why they keep it. Because then the risk of you getting killed is pretty high. Yeah. Like every day. Um, Bob? Yes? Tiz had a good question that I hadn't even thought of. Go on then. Are you going to tell me or do I have to wait till I edit? No, no. No, uh, Tiz, we were just talking about how they got the doll to the museum in the first place. And how they got it there without any issues. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I did actually think of that myself. Ah, okay. Because I I only studied one case rather than two, I really just tried to pick it apart at every... I was like, well, how did they get it there? Who was that guy? Who was that? How did they get it? Um, This this only got 5.4 out of 10. Yeah, Annabelle was a bit of a stinker, apparently. But yeah, it's it's an interesting story. Okay, um, so the first thing, the parchment. Yes, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, because it was of unknown origin. So she lived in that apartment with did she say one other roommate? It was her and the apartment. And I don't know her fiance. I couldn't get clear if he lived there with her or used to stay there a lot or whatever. But it was the nurse and her roommate. I think they were both nurses, student nurses. Yeah, yeah. and the main girl Donna, who owned Annabelle, was her fiance. But I think all three of them found because it was more than once that the parchment appeared. Oh, right. It said, um, help me. It was at least twice, because at least it said, help me and help Lou. Right. And Lou is the name of the fiancé. Mm, yeah. I, I don't know. Could it be someone messing around? Well, that's what they thought, isn't it? It'd have to be one of them three, because that's why they yeah. put all the tests. They taped the doors, yeah. taped the windows, check if anyone was breaking in, because they thought, obviously, as you would, someone's breaking mm. in. But it does seem an awful lot of effort for, for what? For, I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's highly... I think it's fairly possible that it could be... The, the thing well, I just don't know if... I don't... I just don't know why spirits are playing these mind games. Well, exactly. Like, the thing that bothered me... If you... Most of... Like, pretty much all the stories I've heard of demonic activity in this way, it's, it's all to harm an individual. Mm-hmm. Well, this does actually... The narrative of this I guess it would. story does actually mm. build to that still being the case, what you're saying. Mm. Like, the games actually have a reason, it seems, the more I dug into it. But the parchment bothered me. It's the one of the main things that bothered me. I'm like, I get it. I get the writing. Mm. But where where the parchment come from? What yeah. it manifested, it just made a parchment appear. Mm. Oh, that really made me jump. <laughs> and it was a firework, yeah. I thought it was someone banging on that wall. Yeah, it did seem it a sounded bit like, like it. I was like, oh, it was close, right? Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tiss, what did you think of the parchment? Well, pretty much. Well, like, what can you say? Like, like you said, it could either be them messing around or. Uh, yeah. So the, I mean, yeah. It just seems what weird that say? it would appear from nowhere. To me, that's iffy. Why? Um, yeah. Why is the doll communicating via notes? Yeah, I mean that. I, that I accepted more than slash people's chests, but it has to write a note. I could yeah. just like. But then it's being playful. I guess it's a young girl. It's supposed to be a girl writing notes. Though. But then why would it be like help me? Yeah, help Lou. But then that's a con. I'll get to the writing in a bit. It's just the actual parchment itself. The actual paper didn't belong to anyone in the house. That's what I found weird. That the actual parchment appeared. That it was of unknown origin. I found that strange. What, the paper itself. Yes, the parchment itself. He, at least I read it was like an old parchment paper okay. um, that didn't belong to anyone. No one had that paper in the house. 
So that's what I found with the actual paper itself. Mm. Yeah, no, that is odd. Um, okay, so next point. They kept find they said the doll would move around, basically. That's what they thought. Someone was coming in, moving it, leaving, trying mm. to freak him out. Mm. Now, the time they decided to contact the medium, and he didn't tell this in his brief rendition of the story, but um, one time they came home and found the doll slightly moved again. But this time it had um, drops of blood on the backs of its hand mm. and on the chest of the doll. Yeah, that is odd. And that is a little bit odd. <laughs> and that's when they said, right, we're getting enough a medium is in. Enough. Yeah. Get that medium right. The medium's coming in. Again, this is another point where I was like, trying to dig, dig, dig. I could not find who the medium was. Couldn't find a name, couldn't find... Okay. And I get that they might have wanted to remain anonymous, or because it was hard to get any names of anyone in the story, mm. which to me made it feel fabricated. But mm. then when I did end up getting the names of the nurses and the guy, I was like, oh, maybe that may- gives it more credibility. It's like people actually wanted to re- remain anonymous. Particularly if the film came out, they yeah. might not want to be, be involved. But So I could get the name of the medium. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if they're all student nurses... Chances are they might have they might be on shift. So then, if they're on shift, they're doing different times. They'll be sleeping at different times. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of them was like sleepwalking, moving the doll around, playing with the doll in their sleep. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I'm just I'm just playing around, having a little think. Okay, so when when they got the medium in, this is what the medium says. This is I've written this. Um, this is actually on from their website. So the medium said that Annabelle was a young girl who'd resided on the property before the apartments were built and that they were happy times. She was a young girl of only seven years old when her lifeless body was found in the field upon which the apartment complex now stands. Okay. So that's who Annabelle Higgins was, apparently. How did she find that out? Just through doing medium stuff? like the. Yeah, from communicating with her. That's what the medium right, information okay. the medium got. Okay. The medium told the nurses that Annabelle felt comfort with them. She actually liked being in the house with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to stay with them and that she wanted to be loved. And the students being nurses, caring people, uh, once they got over the idea of, you know, this might be a spirit or some shit, thought, you know what, that's, yeah, okay, let's try and look after it. So they would, like he's, like Tony said in that thing, they would treat her like a child. They would be friendly to her, be nice to her. They would accept that they would come home and she might have moved a little bit. And um, it became like a normal thing for a while. Why? You're shaking your head. Just why? If someone said to me, so I got a medium round. Yeah. And they told me that, like, oh, she's happy staying with you. Um, Just, like, look after her, make her feel loved and accept her. Right? Nah, you're right. Why would I want to do that? Why am I looking after a spirit? Can you get it? I don't want it around. It's creepy. It's creeping us out. It's moving stuff around. It's making me feel uneasy in my own home. Can you just get it out? Please. Hmm. Thank you. I don't know why they're like... Uh, they both sat there as the as the owners of that property or renters of that property and just went, all right. They were, like I said, they were caring people. Yeah. I don't know how caring you'd have to be. If uh, Tiss is a caring person, would you take in a uh, spirit doll? If it was, no. if it needed your help, it wanted no. to be loved. No, kick it to the curb. Sorry, I'm only compassionate to things I can perceive. Do you want a bit of this? Oh, I'll have a bit. Yeah. Do you want a punk or a dead pony? I'd have a dead pony. Yeah, if you're driving, it's probably probably wise. 
Let's um, let's just take a little um break. Do you know what I love drinking, Bob? Go on. I love drinking Brewdog. Dead Pony Club is my favourite. Yeah. I like a nice, cool can. You might have just Brewdog. heard me open my punk IPA. Thanks, Brewdog. While we're on the um, subject of branding and selling out, mm-hmm. we might have an advert now. Cool, that's a good advert, oh. if, you, if you heard it. <laughs> favourite advert. Um, I think people are getting them all the time now. Yeah, I, I got one. Yeah, I get them all the time when I check it. Okay, so they, they, they decided to keep the doll. Okay. They're looking after it. They're fine with it. Lou is not fine with it. No, because Lou's got some sense. From the start, he's been saying this doll's evil. From the beginning. We're literally like the first day he came in and it's moved a bit. He's like, <laughs> this is... <laughs> not to say I told you so, but yeah. you're fucking right the entire time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, from the start, Lou was telling him to get rid. So Lou's one of those guys that just... Takes no nonsense. Right. Takes no nonsense Lou. That's what they call that's why they call him. So I looked Lou. I looked a little bit into Lou. Um now the the moment where he was like enough is enough (laughs) (laughs) So he's still hanging around after they said they're gonna keep it and he keeps telling them I'm not happy about this. But he has an afternoon nap one time. He's you know, he falls asleep on the sofa. Mm. And during that sleep he has a nightmare. Mm. The involving Annabelle uh-huh. and that's understandable if you're li- living or staying in this apartment and all this shit's going on uh-huh. it might be on your mind you might end up having a nightmare about it mm. now in the nightmare he Annabelle starts climbing up his legs and uh, she's getting up in his face trying to strangle him and he's like choking in his sleep like, uh, uh, and this made me think of sleep paralysis mm. which we've talked about before yeah it's very similar so he might have experienced sleep paralysis Anyway, after he woke up from that, that's when he got up, stormed into the bedroom where she was, and is saying, you know, enough's enough, I don't want this anymore, I don't want this doll in the house, I want that. And that's when the slashes happened, which so Tony mentioned. on his chest. Apparently so. Now, all the accounts I've read, seven claw marks. Mm. Um, three vertical. That's what Tony said, he had three on the stomach, so that must have been them. Mm. And then four horizontal across the chest. And then what Lou had described them as, as they were hot, like hot, like burns, like almost like there had been burns on him. Mm. And um, as Lou said, like the blood came through the t-shirt, but um, it's like after that initial like slice, the hot, like burn feeling and that initial like blood, they healed almost instantly. The next day, sure. they were half gone. Like, not healed, like, instantly, but, like, they stopped bleeding. You know, yeah, the marks yeah. are still there. By the next day, they're sort of, like, half gone. Two days later, they're just fully gone. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and that was Lou's experience. Well, it makes sense that she would be so hostile towards him, because she's trying to... Because he's the to... one who's not falling for her bullshit, which is basically what it is. Yeah. What I could gather from this is it's not necessarily... Um, a possessed doll so much as a demonic presence yeah. manipulating a doll yeah. to seek compassion. Yeah, or to, to just... possess a person yeah, to, to get someone. close to the people. Exactly. Um, yeah. And because he wasn't going along with the game, he wasn't going along with the master mm-hmm. plan. She's why go. anyone that goes up to the cage and chucks her across the room or slags her off, mm-hmm. she ain't never known of that. No. Because she's a sassy spirit. It's the respect... Mm-mm-mm. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. 
Is it Aretha Franklin? Yes. <laughs> the spirit of Aretha Franklin, the doll. Uh, apologies, Miss Franklin. That's really disrespectful. I'm sorry, Miss Franklin. <laughs> I am for real. <laughs> okay, so that's Lou. Um, Don't bait the, the doll, man. Donna, oh, she's not here. Donna agrees that the spirit is demonic, finally, after Lou gets his slashed to pieces. Mm-hmm. Contacts. Now, on all the stories, it's a priest. Now I got the name of the priest. Okay. Contacts Father Hegan, who then passes it off to Father Cook. Hegan wants none of this. <laughs> he's no, he's like, he's like Cook's done exorcisms and stuff before. He's, up his this is his wheelhouse. Yeah. We're sending in the Kirk. Send in the Cooks. Um, so then Father Cook is like, uh, I'll contact the Warren. <laughs> so literally it's like a train. Hegan contacts Cook, who contacts the Warren. He's palming it off. Yeah. Um, wow. So now we're moving on to the actual investigation itself. When the Warrens fucking booted the doors Why didn't in, they all get together. They should have got on the. They blow went in. They went they in with been on the blow and been like, "Right, guys, let's tackle this together." The Warrens went in with uh, Father Cook, I think. Okay, so paranormal investigation. The Warrens. Donna was finally willing to believe the spirit was uh, was not that of a young girl. So this whole Annabelle Higgins thing. At this point, they're thinking bollocks. Right, but an inhuman and demonic. Uh, in nature. Mm. After Lou's experiences, Donna felt it was time to seek real expert advice to contact the priest, contact the Warrens. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren immediately took interest in the case and contacted Donna concerning the doll. The Warrens, after speaking with Donna, Angie and Lou, that's where I got my names from, uh-huh. came to the immediate conclusion that the doll itself was not in fact possessed but manipulated by an inhuman presence. This is what I was saying before. Mm. Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. This is what Ed was saying. Mm-hmm. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what had occurred in the Annabelle case. It hadn't possessed, it had attached itself to that object mm. with the intent for someone to get close enough for it to possess that person. It's, it's a bit like um, a pedo right? waving sweeties oh. out of a car to get a kid to get into the car. That's, that's yeah, essentially yeah. what they're doing. Kind of, I'm yeah. really sorry for the crude reference, but there we go, we got there. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Mm. So it feeds off that recognition of being treated like a something. Mm. Uh, truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. Yeah. And that's what I've written in my notes, actually. The doll was not possessed but manipulated by an inhuman presence. Um, yeah, that's, like, that's exactly what I've written. The spirit, or in this case, an inhuman demonic spirit, was essentially in the infestation stage of the phenomenon. It first began moving the doll around the apartment by means of teleportation to arouse the occupant's curiosity in hopes that they would give it recognition. Then, predictably, the mistake of bringing a medium into the apartment to communicate with it. (laughs) So this is all part of its plan. Yeah, it's the wrong person to talk to. The inhuman spirit, now able to communicate through the medium, preyed on the girl's emotional vulnerabilities by pretending to be a rather harmless lost young girl, with which during the seance was allowed permission from Donna to haunt the apartment. So they basically said, yeah, come in, Mm. because they felt sorry for it. It's like letting Dracula into your house. It is. Insofar as demonic is a negative spirit, it then set about causing patently negative phenomena to occur. It aroused fear through the weird movements of the doll. It brought about the materialization of disturbing handwritten notes, the symbolic drops of blood, and ultimately it even attacked Lou, leaving behind the symbolic mark of the beast. What's that? The symbolic mark of the beast? Uh, 666, isn't it? Yeah, but you did seven slashes. I don't see how that is. I don't... 
Well, I, I don't know. Seven slashes. The Mark of the Beast is a really... The way they talk about it, it would be like that and like that on his right. body. Four across and three down. I don't see how that's a Mark of the Beast. Um, I don't know too much about the Mark, to be honest. No. I don't really understand it. Uh, the next stage of the infestation phenomenon would have been complete human possession. Yeah. So I nearly got there. Had these experiences lasted another two or three week, more weeks, the spirit would have completely possessed, if not harmed or killed, one or all of the occupants in the house. This is Ed's opinion. This is on his site. So at the conclusion of the investigations, the Warrens felt it appropriate to have a recitation of an exorcism blessing by Father Cook to cleanse the apartment. The uh, episcopal... What's episcopal? Um, I do yeah. I do know. What, you know what episcopal um, means? I do know. Episcopal. Episcopal. Yeah, I do know that. I, um, yeah, yeah. So episcopal um, is just a fancy way of saying that something's been governed by bishops or clergy. Right. So it says the episcopal blessing of the home is a wordy seven-page document that is distinctly positive in nature. Mm. Rather than specifically expelling evil entities from the dwelling, the emphasis is instead directed towards filling the home with the power of the positive and of God. Mm, yeah. At Donna's request, as a further precaution against the phenomena ever occurring in the home again, the Warrens took the big doll, the big rag doll, along with them when they left. Mm. Okay. And then, okay. as you know, yeah, they had the case bill, they kept it in the museum. Can I Can I say this, um, you telling us how they got to the their conclusions and their investigation mm-hmm. is pretty much spot on word for word like how I would perceive it really yeah yeah that's definitely. good it's very interesting I think um, I've yeah. heard the story before that like oh and the, the the nurses took her in and then the warrants took it away but mm. given like I said I had more time to prepare one story because I was only going to do one case instead of two mm. and having the time to dig into the story really helped pull out all these things yeah and it does pull it apart and in some ways it made it less believable and in some ways it made it more and still I'm in the same situation of like it hasn't actually solidified the case for me, mm. or not. It hasn't made my opinion change on the case at all. But the whole, the whole, the the way they went about it. So them. So the whole point of an exorcism is, you know, essentially what you've got, or you know, if you want to get rid of a demonic presence, some of the thing which I've seen work a lot is just by being a positive. Uh, sort of influence or say say for example I was so I'm thinking of a specific time that I uh, me and um, some friends from church prayed for a guy who had mm-hmm. a demonic presence in him I, I would say 95% of what we were saying was um, just speaking like positivity over him and it's almost like it's almost like the spirit can't bear the um, the sort of light it sort of expels the darkness right, and it okay. gets to the point where eventually it just like can't, it can't, you know, you being there, your spirit being there is enough to expel it. Um, but yeah, the whole, the whole, how they got to their conclusion, their methods, what they did with it is all very fascinating and very good. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why they, one, took it home and two, they obviously haven't dealt with it completely, but. Well, um, I don't. It might be in a video I'm going to play in a bit, or I might have just read this and I've remembered it. But you said, "How did they get it home? Was that all right?" Apparently, like, it was basically as soon as they did the exorcism and stuff, it was like you know the the, the demonic spirit, or whatever, knew that the, the jig was up, basically. <laughs> and when they, when they put the doll in the car and were driving home, 
um, Ed said about how it was almost like it was like a struggle to keep the car on the road. It was like a traumatic drive home. It was very like erratic thing. And when they got it home, they didn't initially put it straight in the case and it would move around their home. Uh, Even he reported it levitated one time. Yeah, and that's when they like straight away you'd be like, ah, fuck this. Yeah, it's just not worth. Well, that's it. when they had the case built. They put it in the case. It's like when someone gets a dog and they shit on the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. Get the case out. <laughs> they had a kennel built. In their well. case, like they brought a dog back and it shat all over the house, and they still kept it because mm-hmm. they loved the smell. Of the yeah, you love dogs, though. If you ever brought a dog and it shat in your house, you would love it. Yeah, I would, but I wouldn't keep a haunted doll. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So then you got the two attacks. Once they got it back, you got the attack on the uh, father, the guy who drove home and yeah. said his car crashed or whatever. Yeah. You could consider that attack or a coincidence. And then the death of the young man and his girlfriend, which I could not get a name for. Mm. The priest that visited who had the attack, I did get a name for. So that I can confirm that is actually happening. That was Father Jason Bradford. Okay. But I can't get a name of the guy who died on his motorbike. I've heard that before, like... Someone who visited the museum died after antagonising the doll. That's something I've heard. But yeah. is it just hearsay? I mean, uh, could they have, you know, they get loads of visitors. They probably get tons of sceptical visitors just like that. Mm-hmm. But he must have a name. Tony Spirit must have a name because he'd have he'd have found maybe the case in the newspaper and been like, that's the maybe guy. Maybe it's... The um, Seems a bit spec- speculative. It might be like a courtesy thing, you know. Mm. see this guy died we're not just going to like bandy his name around it was him and his girlfriend on the motorbike they both died yeah I guess maybe the family could have asked to protect them for for it but... um, the other thing I looked into on the case where I went off on a little bit of a tangent was who was Annabelle Higgins mm. that's what the the medium said the, the girl was called Annabelle Higgins yeah um, now the medium claims that where the apartment this is I'm sort of repeating myself from earlier a little bit but where that apartment was uh, used to be fields and a seven year old girl named Annabelle Higgins had once been found dead in that field right um, now the film tells that story differently mm. um, I've not seen it but it says that Annabelle she didn't she was older she wasn't seven years old yeah. and she was involved in a satanic cult of some kind it's Right. Yeah, it's yeah. nonsense. Yeah, um, dramatic effect. Yeah, got the Hollywood glitz and glamour. I've there. got actually a story here which I will play you. It's this is um, I think it's a clip of one of Ed's Ed Warren's account. This is actually during a tour of the museum, and Ed Warren gives a quick account of the Annabelle story, and he gives a different portrayal of who Annabelle Higgins was. Okay, and this is I'm interested in this. Because I, so far, fail to believe that this would be information that someone would get. This here scares me. This one right here, right? The Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. This is Spiro again. Good old Spiro. This must have been before Spiro took up, because he's basically just Tory. I felt like he was a journalist. He's still looking at him thinking, I want to get into your door. Yeah, friends. I feel like he was a journalist. And then he was really interested in Ed, and then he got coaxed over. Because in all these old clips, he's like interviewing him. Mm. Um, so yeah, he's the, having a tour of the museum, and he's just seen the the Anne, the Annabelle doll. Uh-huh. Yes, that's probably the worst thing we have in this whole museum. That raggedy Ann doll was given to a nurse in 1970 by her mother as a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. But as most girls do, even 28 years old, she would take the doll to bed with her, wrap around around, and go to sleep. I do. 
given to her by her mother. Yeah, I, I don't know how I missed that. I didn't hear. Yeah, that was yeah, the first yeah. time I heard that. Yeah. Um, I was looking for who gave it to her, and there you go. It's the mother that gave it to her. Oh. It's a Christmas present. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Do the same thing with a pillow. But then she started taking it to the breakfast nook where the arms one morning went onto the table. Mm-hmm. Now, she lived with another nurse, and they uh, shared the expenses of the apartment, which was four blocks away from Hartford Hospital. Right. At that point, they told the girls about the incident, and one said, I know a medium. So they held a seance that night. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of many seances with this doll. Uh, they would come home at night, mm-hmm. and uh, the woman had told them, the medium, that there was a spirit of a six-year-old child in the doll by the name of Annabelle, who had been killed outside of their apartment house in an automobile accident. Mm-hmm. Well, there was such a child, but God does not allow a child's spirit to go into a doll. This was a devil, a demon, inside the doll, which was impersonating the spirit of a child. A couple of contradictions in his story. Not contradictions, but... Um, inconsistencies. Yeah, first of all, many seances with the doll. Hmm... Um, the other account I read was that they got they the medium round and she told them who Annabelle was. Mm. They have many seances. Many seances with the doll, according to Ed. Stupid. Okay. Stupid nurses. In his story, Annabelle Higgins was six years old when she died. In all the others, seven. seven. Yeah. Um, automobile accident. Yeah, what was that? She died in an automobile accident outside the apartment. Oh, Han- Annabelle did? Yeah. In all the other reports, it was they found the body of a seven, seven-year-old child in, in the, the field, field where the apartment used to be. Mm. This is... If they had many seances, then you would get conflicting information. But you know what? When I was putting this episode together, I thought, here we go, inconsistencies. Oh, this is bullshit. Going through it again with you guys now, going through the details, obviously it clicks to me, it doesn't matter who Annabelle Higgins is. It's not because it isn't Annabelle Higgins that's not possessing the doll. It's yeah. not relevant. This is what it's just a name. You know, these nurses are dicks. They got yeah. everything wrong. They did everything you shouldn't do. Lou is a hero. He went in. He's like, this needs to stop. This has got nothing to do. Forget Annabelle. Forget Annabelle Higgins. Girl. Might not have been even been yeah, real. Yeah, no, Clark, this I, is I just guarantee what the, you. The said. I guarantee you. Uh, well, she may be a girl, but I guarantee you, she is not a girl. And if she was a girl, she didn't die, and maybe she doesn't live there. It's got nothing to do with it. All they look for, or a spirit might look for, is just an opportunity. An opportunity to attach themselves to a human or possess a human being. It's got nothing to do with... That is just a chance for them to... Like, why would you talk to it? And this is, goes back to our first part where we were talking... I was talking about um, the old geezer in London. Mm-hmm. Why have you got hundreds of hours of footage? Don't talk to it. Just don't. Why are you doing it? Yeah, they crave your attention. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why they took it home. Like, I never... You still can't go over it, can you? No, no. No, I don't get it. Okay, well, there we go. That's... I don't know the answer either. Hmm? I suppose that only they can answer it. Why? Well, why they did it. Like, what is their sort of, like... Charge people to go to music. Oh, what well, the Warrens took What's their home? motivation for keeping it? You know, you've got to have a reason. Well, we it. talked about this last time, didn't we? Hmm. Like, the why, why do they keep everything? Yeah, because it's of an interest, I suppose. Is that not beef? Beef rubbing his fingers make... together in a in a money making way. Is that way? not directly opposing the kind of work they're actually doing, which is trying to protect the world from evil? Yeah, got to make on, some man. money out of it at the same time, though. Spot on. But it's like they're just as bad as the people. What makes them think they can keep the stuff under wraps in their own home? Yeah, I think they because they clearly yeah. can't. Yeah, that's it. Because they're still having people come to their house. He's saying, "Oh, I don't want to." I don't want to sell it because it's like a responsibility and I don't want to, 
you know. So what could you do then? Essentially, they're, they're paranormal get car boosters. <laughs> they go to people's houses and get their old shit. Ghosts. So they've already had two people. Themselves. They've had two people that we know of. He's like, oh, I don't want to cause any problems. We're being responsible by keeping it under wraps. And it's like, well, you know, you're not because people still get um, killed or maimed or injured from being in contact with it. Burn it, destroy it, just get rid of it. Like the whole thing, like, oh, I don't want to just throw it away in case it ends up into someone's hands. Just destroy it, just burn it. it. I don't get it. Can you burn it? Would that get rid of the spirit, though? I'm not saying it would get rid of the spirit, but I'm just saying, why is it there? Like, you having it... Where would they take the it? ...the whole time... Where can they take it? Burn it. Destroy it. Just... So would that work? Well, it depends Because on... this is what they're saying. Like, what am I supposed to do with it? it? I'm, what I'm saying, I'm not saying it would work, because it depends on why the spirit's there, what kind of... Some of these things are to do with, um, like, generational curses. Right. Um... So I'm not saying it would get rid of it. It might get rid of it, but it is not helping by having it around. Mm-hmm. If it's craving attention, if there's some kind of spirit there because it wants to be involved, it wants to do damage, having it there and giving it the attention by protecting it and keeping it in a glass box is not helping anyone. I don't understand. Just get rid of it. By destroying it, you're effectively saying this. I don't want a part of this anymore. Them keeping it is saying this is intriguing. This is really interesting. We want to be a part of it. It's mesmerising. They're idiots. Mm. So last time, uh, well, well, that's that's the story of the Annabelle thing. That's me breaking it down, trying to get information out of it. Anyway, that's mm. that's that's the bulk. It's so interesting to hear the true story, and then to think of the film. Because that trailer mm. had nothing to do with that. No, I know, that's what I'm saying. It's so different. Um, Annabelle 2 is coming out soon. She's back. Yeah. What's well, of that? course she's back because she's still in the cage. Get rid of it. Okay. Um, now, at the end of the last Warren's episode, I went a little bit into scepticism. Yeah. Uh, and you guys... Hated it. ...got a little bit rattled by some woman who was oh. on the uh, This Morning show with Philip Schofield. Yeah. The editor of Skeptic Magazine. Mm. Uh, me and Tiss met her. <laughs> yes, yeah, you did. You did. Did you actually talk to her or did you have a... T- uh, you listened to her preach, didn't you? Not preach, you listened to her sort of lecture, didn't you? We listened to a talk she did about werewolves. How did, How was that? It was quite interesting, um, but she came down on the sceptical side of it at the end. She was like, oh, but it's all rubbish. What? Yeah. Why would you devote your time to talk about something you don't believe in? Tis, what did you think of uh, the um, woman from Skeptic Magazine that we saw at the ASS- ASSAP event? Yeah, she did a good talk. She did a good talk, even though Tis hated her on the last Warren's episode. You know what? Afterwards, we saw her in the car park, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> she was in front of us on the ride home, on the journey home. She literally got in there, did her talk, and got straight out of there. <laughs> straight out. Anyway, I haven't got any sceptic videos this time to upset you guys, but I have got a little bit of scepticism. Okay. Okay? And so this is um, Joseph Laycock. He is the assistant professor in religious studies at Texas State University. Okay. Okay? So... We just said more credible or less credible than editor of Skeptic Magazine. More credible. Right, okay. So this is what he said about the museum. Mm-hmm. Quote, that it's full of off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls and toys, books you could buy at any bookstore. That's what he thinks. And specifically about the Annabelle case, mm. he said that it was an interesting case study in the relationship between pop culture and paranormal folklore. Um, he then went on to compare it to... Um, 
Living Doll, which was a Twilight Zone episode, right. and Robert, the possessed doll. Not Nightmare of the Living Dummy. He didn't mention that, no. <laughs> um, but he, he compared them as being like a trope, like the haunted doll trope. Um, and then he said, quote again, the idea of demonically possessed dolls allows modern demonologists to find supernatural evil in the most banal and domestic of places. I'd agree with that. But Ed himself never said the doll was possessed. No, but other people have. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Things get he's lost in translation. He's not attacking Ed and Lorraine. I think it's more... He's not really attacking... It's more... Attacking pop culture. But he, yeah, he attacked the museum. It, what it is, is he is... Yeah, I think the museum is... Frankly, Codswallop. Uh, I mean, it's un- utterly, utterly ridiculous that they would even have it. I don't right. understand who it's for. It, it must be a gimmicky money thing. It has to be, and they're living on their old memories. I don't understand why it's for. But the, I think he is more having a little pop at this. Um, the people, so maybe a few in the mediums that might be feeding people's imaginations mm-hmm. with these stories. Um, um, and then I've got one more. Um, this is Sharon A. Hill, and Sharon, she is a science writer. Anyone's a science. I'm I'm a science writer. Right. If you want. Um, so this is about the Warrens, um, and about the. She said basically the legends are quote seemingly of their own doing. Um, like real life Ed Warren, real life Annabelle is actually far less impressive. We have nothing but Ed's word for this case um, and also for the history and origins of the objects in his museum. So, again, sceptics. I mean, I I don't know why... So when she's writing like that, mm-hmm. people that write like this annoy me because they sound intelligent or they think they're intelligent. It's not intelligent. What she's saying is not intelligent. It's not intelligent to say, oh, we've only got his story to rely on. Well, yeah, like... That most stories are like that. Most people's eyewitness accounts of things are their own story. Like everyone's story is like that. But the whole point of him saying, you know, if you go back to the first video where he says that, so you've got to remember he was raised as a child with his father saying, if it's not logical, it's not real. Yeah. If it doesn't make any sense, it's not real. Right. So he's had that upbringing mm-hmm. as a child, and we know that as a young child, you. You are mainly developed intellectually by the time you're like seven. Like so your main core beliefs and morals will be laid in, foundations set by the time you're seven, everything else is grown on hmm. those things. So that's what surprised me. I thought, oh okay. So he obviously took what he knew or what he'd been taught as a child and investigated it and played with it. And it's even though you like you see, he still goes for every case and tries the logic first. And if the logic doesn't he work... He said that in the video, didn't he? Yeah, He's he like, said, unless I go in there and I'll I'm seeing it. evidence... And if I can't see the evidence, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. So what she says is rubbish. Okay. Just thought I'd lay out a little bit of skepticism. Oh, Dad. like skeptic. Tis lies on the skeptic side. skeptics for breakfast. Just to give them any sort of credence is to empower them. Last time I pulled up a quote where Ed says something along the lines of like he tries to pull evidence out wherever he can, but mm. a lot of the evidence isn't tangible. It's the feeling, the aura, the you know whatever yeah. else. He's actually way more logical than yeah. most other people I would know. But does. if you say that to a skeptic, that's what they use against you. Mm. Oh, well, your evidence is a feeling. He's like, yeah, that's the only evidence you get sometimes. Yeah, but that's the same as saying. 
I love this person. How do you know you love them? I don't know. I just love them. Yeah, but how do you know? How do you know what love is? Or it's just, I don't. I just know I love this person. I know I want to spend my life with them or whatever it is. Now, the only other thing I was going to get into, I was going to talk a little bit about haunted dolls in general, but when I investigate that, that's a whole nother wormhole of folklore and stuff. Like, that's a whole episode in its own right sometime because there's so much more to that than I thought. But I found it interesting that the RS guy from Texas University, um, he said about, you know, oh, it's just another trope, just like the Living Doll episode of Twilight Zone. I, I sort of looked... Um, at these inspirations and I looked a little bit at the Robert doll mm. which I won't get into now because we're running long on time mm. and that Living Doll episode that was a Twilight Zone episode from 1963 about a doll that comes to life and obviously you mentioned the Chucky films <laughs> uh, the first one Child's Play right up until what they see the Chucky Child's Play 1, 2, 3 and then there's Bride, Bride of Chucky Seed the Chucky I think there's even more now they're still making them I think um, again it's that possessed doll thing the interesting thing I found out about the Living Doll episode of Twilight Zone is that the girl in the episode is actually called Annabelle. Really? Yeah, and that was before the Annabelle thing. Mm, see this, so, this, hang on a this minute. seems a little bit more stupid now. I wonder where they got that name from. Oh, he didn't mention that. See, if he had mentioned that before, I'd be like, oh, well, there you go. Well, I found that out near the end. Now, yeah, Classic. The um, you can imagine the medium seller like, where am I getting this name? Yeah, from yeah. Annabelle. What's that yeah. from? I watched it on telly that day. <laughs> now the also the Living Doll episode of Twilight Zone was the massive inspiration for the um, segment in the Simpsons Halloween special Tree House of Horror Three Clown Without Pity, where he buys Lisa the crusty doll that is evil. Oh, um, yeah. So let's watch a little bit of this. Tiss, uh, Tiss will enjoy this. And that is that. Yes, who, fat boy? Bites, Mike, look! The devil's trying to kill me and the toaster's been laughing at me. Ew, dog water. The doll is trying to kill my husband. Yes, I'll hold. Skip, here's your problem. Someone set this thing to evil. I love you, Homer. Come here, you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. It's a great episode. Yeah, just wasn't an excuse to play that clip, really. Yeah, it's so good. Because <laughs> as soon as I started looking up the Annabelle doll and the Hoyt dolls and stuff, that's what it made me think of. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and that is the, the big inspiration for Living Doll, from Living Doll, and then people say Annabelle was inspired by that or whatever. So, there we go. That's what I've got for the Annabelle case. Great. What do I you guys think? I can't believe that was a whole episode. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much that... It's the most. It. It's the most famous artifact they have in their museum, so I thought it deserved a bit of a spotlight. And the, what I was going to double it up with as a two case episode was also like way bigger. In fact, when I come to the other case, I was going to do it with this episode. That may end up being a whole episode as well because that's they've got like one other very big case, mm. and then another kind of big one, and then like a load of small ones. So I reckon at least another, maybe two more episodes of Warren stuff. Wow, because um, they've got a lot of famous cases. Um, so yeah, Take, thanks for taking us down that Warren again. Hey, it's hey. like the third time I've done that. 
Uh, Tiss has been here. Yeah, Tiss is <laughs> yeah. around. I've really enjoyed this episode. As much as I've been quiet, I've been kind of listening and just taking it in. It is that sort of episode. I mean, sometimes I try and bring out the gimmicks to keep everyone interactive and that, but this is more of like... It's basically one big long story for an episode mm. with stopping for interjections every now and then, and that's the only way I could think to do this, because... It was a really it's nice. It's, it was it's quite a nice episode. Storytelling time. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. I I would imagine that's one that you could repeat at the campfire in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Oh, I will come to that at the end. Anyway, um, so yeah, th- well, we're kind of already in the middle of it, but yeah, thoughts on the Annabelle thing. Yeah, I, I think we've kind of said it really, but I, th- I I think their method was pretty pretty like intentional. Um. I just don't get the the story is utter crud. The the Annabelle stuff, the girl dying in a car or in a that's irrelevant. Mm. Um, it's almost just the story of a failed attempt, a demon's failed attempt to possess someone. Yeah, which is still kind of hanging around because they're not getting rid of the freaking doll. Yeah, just get but it's like it. their biggest attraction. Just get rid. I don't know why they're not. You may as well sell it. If you're going to keep it, you may as well sell it, because then you're only going to harm one person. What do you think of the design of the doll in the Annabelle films? Ridiculous. It's over-designed, isn't it? It's just way too, it's way too much. It's the sort of... It's done so, so over-the-top yeah. that no one would ever buy the doll. Yeah, you look at exactly. It like, that's exactly that's what I thought. That's creepy. Yeah. Oh, I don't want that. Why well, do I don't fact, want that in my house? The fact that it's just a normal Raggedy Ann doll in real life, but yeah. there's a million of. Yeah, exactly. Makes it more like innocuous. Yeah, precisely. Um, you would never like when in that trailer for that film when they put that doll on there, like it fits right in. No, like, are nah, you fucking kidding me? No, nah, it doesn't fit in in your bookshelf. <laughs> it but looks hideous. The film it looks like I mean, it's possessed by a demon. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you don't want it in your room. It's. Uh, I mean, even to the point where I swear one of the eyebrows is like down, mm. like she's looking at you with an evil glare. It may as well be wearing a dress that says, I'm going to harm your family it's, and murder It might as well have, like, a knife accessory pack or something. It's not something you'd ever buy your child. <laughs> no. It's not... Yeah. They may as well... In the film, they may as well have had... Because in the film, not much to do with the doll. It's more to do with that weird, yeah. long girl The film out. seems to be focusing more on Annabelle Higgins as if she was a real person yeah. like Annabelle Higgins is that girl and thing God, now and she gets involved I'm in genuinely terrified to turn around to look out the window I've been <laughs> looking out the window the whole time right <laughs> ghost what is that from Scooby Doo that's hold music I haven't actually seen that many that's a Hannibal reference I was gonna watch that's it Oh yeah, that's Han- that's uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, okay. Silence of the Lambs pff, uh, might be in my top top ten films. Silence of the I Lambs is unbelievable. It's I love such that. Such a good film. There you go. Weird Tales top Halloween pick. It's not your classic like slasher horror movie. I mean, most of you've seen, everyone's seen it. If, if you, you haven't, give it a go. It's a really good detective film and scary. It's the first film I watched where I was genuinely scared of an actor. Yeah. I was. I kept having to remind myself he was an actor. You know what I love about that film? I've seen it so many times, right? Mm. But every time I watch it, when she starts going into the house, mm. I still feel like so tense. Yeah, I'm so tense watching that. It's such a good film. It's fantastic. The um, I've walked down that prison corridor and stood outside his cell. Have you? Yeah, that's really cool. You ever seen it, Tiss? 
No. Silence of the Lambs. They are me if and you B. Haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, a dude. You need to go watch up. it. It's so good. It's a fantastic film. The great film. You talk about no good films. That that's that is a good film. It's a classic. Um, I but her. I haven't seen many of the other classics. What I've did never you seen. Say he ate. Um, I, ate, I ate her something with L- little beans L- and a nice Chianti. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a brilliant film. But I've never seen many of the classics. I've never watched Halloween. I've never watched Friday the 13th. I've seen Halloween. No, I've never seen it. Awful. Never watched Friday the 13th. Just awful. Never watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was thinking of watching some of them this year, just like Nightmare on the Elm Street. Nightmare on the Elm Street. Nightmare on the Elm Street. <laughs> Nightmare on the Elm Street. Has um has quite a spooky atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know the old sort of eighties horror yeah, films yeah. where they have that horrible grainy filter. Yeah, I was gonna give a couple of them a go. Um, so it's not it's not terrible. I've watched Texas Chainsaw. The that's original is really creepy. Yeah, that's pretty good. That one. I would. It doesn't say, feel silly. The other ones feel silly to me. That one feels weird. I would say, in terms of, um, I know it is based on the story of Ed Gein. Yeah, yeah, we talked about Killers. it. The serial killers, yeah. Um, in, apart from that, totally original film, like a great story. Yeah, the way they, the way that it's directed is really great. Like it's, it's not, it's not one of these films that's like that is um, jump scare. Central. I feel like I've only seen the ones that are actually good. That's why I feel like if I watch the other ones, are a bit too cheesy for me. Yeah, the Texas Chainsaw is a great movie, mm. genuinely terrifying. Um, and then The Shining, I've seen, which is another. That's a good movie. The Shining's quite creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking Halloween because it's coming up to Halloween. It is, yes. Next week, isn't it? And actually, your next episode Mm. will be the Halloween episode. Yeah, Halloween special. Which we're recording next weekend. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So this will be the last episode that goes up. This will actually go up on the Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And the Halloween campfire itself will be happening on the Saturday. Mm. So if you haven't got in contact with us, when you hear this, it's your last chance. Um, to get in contact with us about the Halloween campfire, if you want to know details of where we're meeting and what's going on, just contact me on the Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdtales and unexplainable, um, or send us an email, unexplainableuk at mail.com. I'll give you the location and the times and everything if you, if you contact us on there. It would love it if, um, even if one listener came. Yeah. I would love it. The chances of any listeners turning up are slim. Most of our listenership is not in the UK. It's America, Australia, even Sweden. We have big listenerships, but UK, we have a pretty good listenership here. But the chances of someone being in the UK, being free that night, being in the area and actually wanting to come along are slim. So you, if you come, you'll be the guest of honour. You will be a VIP. Yeah. I, I, I do want to put almost like a plea Please come, not because... Because Sean can't come. (laughs) (laughs) I was relying on Sean. I just think it would be a real pleasure, you know, when you guys get in touch with us, when you send us messages, when you tweet, whatever you do, uh, I always think it'd be great to meet you. It'd be great to hang out with you guys Mm. and just kind of get to know you a bit. So it'll be a really fun evening. Uh, But it's it's in Bucks. It's in Buckinghamshire. It's happening just outside Aylesbury. Um... And there are some Americans that would travel for hours, and that's not an issue. So if it's hours we, away... That's the thing. We have actually had... Come along. Like, people contact us from other parts of the UK who are like, oh, I'll travel down for it, whatever. No. It, I don't get your hopes up. It's not worth, like, a three-and-a-half-hour drive. 
Um, don't, you don't just let them But if you're in the area, come, come along. along. It'll be great. Even if anyway, you're not, just come along. It might not be great. There might only be ten of us. Come I'm for not... the weekend. The other thing is, if you're coming, please try and bring a story. <laughs> yeah. Because we haven't got any. Come, Just come for yeah. a fun weekend in Buckinghamshire yeah. and bring Someone a story. Someone has a story and is available. Yeah. Or um, if you can't come... Just send email us the story and we'll we'll read it out on the show. Anyway, it's next Saturday. It's the Saturday coming up when you listen to this. Saturday the twenty ninth, um, and it's the and if you're not able to attend, the next episode you get will be the Halloween episode, and then after that, because I'll have had to rush through the edit mm. um, to get that up for the Halloween episode, you're only going to get a weird news a week after that. Yeah, but you get blessed with two fantastic episodes before it, though. Yeah, so what you've got today, Annabelle, next week, Halloween, week after that, weird news, and then after that, Tiss is going to hit us with something amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you? Yes. Have you actually got one planned, or are you just going to wing it at the time? Uh, you've got ages. Neither of those. I haven't got one planned, but I'm not going to wing it. Right, okay. You've got ages to have to do it. We've literally had to record yeah. for two weeks after today. Oh, really? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You've got ages to repair. Um, anyway, the links. I just gave the email address. I just gave the Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Bob Shoy. Beef is at Martin One Luke. And Tiss is Tissy Baby. At Tissy Baby. They know that. Okay, cool. So go and download us wherever you do. You already have. <laughs> go and rate us on iTunes. Give us a review. We've been at one for a while. Well, come on, do it for us then. Yeah, cheers, guys. Um, and uh, we got anything else? Nah. <laughs> I'm getting burnt out. Nah. So, until next time, have a nanabelle of a week. I really had a lot of one until around oh, that time. That is stinky. Um, come on, get, At least get, you I hadn't. I literally just made that for the Something spot. to do with dolls. Um, Doll. Possess. <laughs> Possess. Annabelle. Warrant we stuck on this last time. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Until next time, doll leave your doll sat around for a demon to possess it and ruin your life. Rubbish. Rubbish. Okay. Yeah. Oh, until next time. Lue, Lue. <laughs> oh, no. Because of Lou. <laughs> I like having Annabelle of a good week. Yeah, we'll stick with that. See you later. Annabelle of a good week. Oh, bad, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know what to expect when you're picking up a scary doll film. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.